Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line. And we are back with another episode for you today. More topics with uh, more conversations to have. So on today's show, we will be discussing the comments that were made by Senator Tim Scott and Vi- uh, Vice President Kamala Harris about their comments that racism does not exist in America. And if you ask a whole bunch of people in the black community, they will tell you otherwise. We're going to discuss that. And uh, we're also going to discuss Caitlyn Jenner. She's trying to run for the governor of the state of California. Is she qualified? And will her stand on LGBTQ plus people and just her general Republican Trump supporting self? Will she be able to get a footing and, and win? We'll, we'll discuss all of that on today's episode. So with that being said, let's get started. For those of you who did not see uh, Senator Tim Scott's rebuttal, of course, the Republican had the black man do the rebuttal after the State of the Union address that President Joe Biden gave last week. In the rebuttal, he pretty much said that racism does not exist in America. He said, quote, the kids today are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And my question is, when did it ever stop defining them like, when, when did the color of your skin ever stop defining you in this country? And for him to make that statement and also say, well, you know, he's, be call- he's been called the N-word before by progressives and by other people who are, quote unquote, supposed to be liberal. And I'm like, OK, well, if that's the case, why do you think they're calling you the N-word? because of your race well like what did you think of this and then we'll get to kamala and her statement first of all did you did you listen to the whole thing and second of all what did you think of his statements about racism not not existing in america and do you agree or disagree with him so there's a lot to unpack absolutely yes (laughs) right so at first i wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt I thought he was just another politician trying to be politically neutral, trying to be politically correct. And then when I took the time to listen to what he was saying, I thought he sounded like a coon. Mm. And I don't ever like to use that word. Right. I don't like to describe Black people in those types of contexts. But when I heard him speak, It was the only word I could think of. And then going back to what you said, when you said America is judging people by their skin color again, well, to say again means that there is a history of racism. And to say that it suddenly disappeared, or when did racism disappear? Can you give me a time and date when when suddenly race wasn't an issue? Right. And that's what everybody wants to know. Yeah. And it was just so false, false narrative that he gave. And what was shocking was that because he said racism doesn't exist, right? Fox News said he should run for president. And that's what all the mm. pieces fell into place. Let's, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's, it's so interesting that you brought up Fox News because is that channel even considered news anymore? I mean, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I'm just like, wait. But the sad part about it is that millions and millions of people actually get their news from that channel. That's what's so sad about it. And I'm not against the the channel. 
I'm not against it. I think it's important to have both sides of these sort of talking points. But when it starts becoming sort of this rhetoric and when it starts becoming dangerous rhetoric, information that's misleading, that's what I have a problem with. Let's be honest, even if he does potentially run for for president, they're not going to vote for him. They're not. They're not going to vote for him. And again, like you said, he's catering to a specific audience. He's catering to a group of people who only want to hear something that soothes their guilt, right? I agree. They don't want to walk outside and face reality of what the world is really like and the part they may have played played to make it that way. What they want to hear is that you know, they go outside into the world and they're just like everyone else. The The fact of the matter is that's not how it works. That's not how it ever works. Right. Right. We're immediately, immediately judged by the way we look. That, that's how human beings are. Right. You, you can't help but see a person by their gender and race. You're going to see it. Even with dating, let's just put like, you know, race out of it. Let's just put the whole, you know, racial disenfranchisement of people of color in this country. Let's just put that aside. That whole statement doesn't even make sense, right? Because you're you're saying, well, they shouldn't be taught that they're color defined. Of course, the way you present yourself matters. When you first meet somebody, when you first see them, how they present themselves to you, how they look, even before they open their mouth, says a lot about them correct exactly and for people to say oh well you know does that doesn't exist or that that's that doesn't matter they're lying to themselves i'm sorry to say that they're lying because we're humans and we see the physical first before you get to know a person before you be like i said before they even open their mouth how they look is your first impression of them i want to say i think that when it comes to the left and the right it just seems that we have different idea of racism or race in this country. I agree. Because what they want to say is that, okay, there's racism, but not the racism in the negative sense that you, that you mean where uh, your race is used against you. And that's what the right wants the rest of us to believe, that if you work hard enough, race doesn't matter. And that's false. Yeah, that is completely 100% right because at any job in corporate America, you could take one foot in there and you'll see that, first of all, people of color are severely underrepresented. They don't make as much as their white counterparts and they're not as appreciated or as promoted as their white counterparts. And those are facts. Those aren't talking points that we're doing on this podcast or talking points that people of color are you know just saying because oh you know we want to say it these are facts you know what for this next one i'm so disappointed in in our vice president because she gave a lot of people a lot of hope and we were hoping for some you know for change and we're hoping yes we have a first black woman a person of color she's black she's asian descent and you know she's going to be the change that we need and then here she goes (laughs) looking out for her future trying to cater again to the same public people that are not going to vote for her if she ever decides to run for president which is something that she wants to do again and we're talking about our vice president kamala harris Right after Tim Scott did his rebuttal, she went on Good Morning America the very next day and they asked her about it, what she thought about what he said. And she doubled down 
and said exactly what he said and said she does not think that America is a racist country. But then she goes on to say that we should acknowledge our history and that she supported Biden's comment about the greatest threat to our national security is white supremacy. And I'm like, like, first of all, who wrote your speech for you? Who, who wrote that answer? Was there nobody in your ear to be like, wait a minute, you just contradicted yourself? What did you think about her statement? And why do you think that our leaders in the Senate and in Congress, if people hear them say these things, what do you think the you know regular Americans are going to think? They're going to think, well, if the people of color in Congress doesn't think that America's racist, well, then, you know, America's not racist. What are your thoughts on this? At first, I wanted to say that what Kamala said is more forgivable because she still acknowledges the racist history. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also want to say it's more forgivable because, you know, sometimes you do want to protect your career. We, we've all been in that situation where it's like, wow, like, you know, I don't want to just lose my job over this. I, I have bills and I do want to create a legacy. Maybe there's a way, though, I can navigate this. But at the end of the day, you can't have your foot in both camps. Right. You can't serve two Even masters. The good, right. The good word talks about this. You got to be one mm-hmm. or the other. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, when you're trying to have your foot in both camps, you're like a, a fork-tongued beast, as the Bible uh, says, that you're being a bit deceptive. I specifically think back to a video of Malcolm X talking about conservatives and liberals and how he said liberals are worse because they're deceptive. They'll say one thing to another. They'll say things to soothe the black man right. and black woman just to get our vote. So I like, agree. again, at first I'm like, yeah, I feel I'm, like I'm the Republicans, be... they're flat out open with their shenanigans, right? Like we can see it plain right. as day. They're not hiding it. But the liberals, do you know, like right now, they're the ones holding up a lot of the bills that are in Congress that's supposed to do police reform. It's two Democrats that are holding it up. Right. At first, when I was listening to people's reactions to Kamala and they were so upset and I and I tried to listen to it. I was like, oh, well, well, what she said wasn't that bad. But I was like, but that's how it's designed to sound. Right. It's designed to sound forgivable. But at the end of the day. It is an act of betrayal because her saying that America is not racist, but acknowledging the racist history right. is like saying that your friend has a, your friend has a history of lying, but they're not a liar. Right. They can't be both. That's an oxymoron. That's a, that's a contradiction. Right. Your friend is just a liar. You're, you're, a friend can't steal from you three times and you're still saying, but they're not a thief though. So, I think that what Kamala said was now that I look at it, an act of betrayal. And I can see why, you know, some people might be outraged. Is this a problem in our community? Because, you know, there are some black conservatives, Republicans out there, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not all going to lean towards, you know, the liberal side. Like I've talked about on this show, there are some issues that I'm, you know, more conservative on. There are other issues that I'm more in the middle about or progressive about. So we we're not all the same. Not all black people are the same. But do you think that when the masses hear black people say, well, racism doesn't exist. This country is fair. 
Uh, we need to stop saying that black people are treated differently or they're disenfranchised or racial disparities, then we need to move on. Do you think that that hurts us more? Like, just what do you think about it? Because, it, I mean, it doesn't sit well with me because we know that it does exist in this country. I don't know why we are not facing it. And then people will say, well, we don't want to guilt white people into, you know, because they're not the ones who did it. You know, they're not the ones who oppressed black people and no one is saying that but if the system is already rigged from beginning yeah there are some people who have some prejudice in them and they don't even know it so how can we try to combat that when we have like you said our people that's supposed to represent us saying this crap that one is a tough one because we've been in this game so long that we keep making the same moves and wondering why we're not winning mm. So what we've done as black people, and I'll say this, is that we've never taken a strong position in how we feel about our place in this country. And if we're going to say America is racist, let's stand by that. If we're going to say it's not racist, let's stand by that. But no more confusion, no more contradictory statements, because if our position and our message is not unified, that all we are is divided. And that makes us vulnerable to all enemies, to all groups. We're just vulnerable overall. But if we have at least a unified message, then we can protect ourselves. Then we know what path to take. But we cannot have any contradictory statements anymore. It doesn't even matter to me if we just want to say racist or, or America's racist or not. Let's just be unified on at least one thing. And from there, we can do better. From there, we can see results. Yeah, I I cannot disagree with that. I think that we do need to figure out what it is that we're doing. We can't keep having this sort of split messaging. We can't say, well, you know, we, we're being treated horribly in this country, police brutality, systemic racism, social injustice. We got all this stuff happening, but then you can't turn around and say, well, racism doesn't exist. Like, which one is it? Does it exist or does it not exist? And if it doesn't exist, why are they not getting the, the benefits that white America gets? Why are they not getting paid more or the same? Why are they not being promoted? Why are there not enough of them? I, I mean, I don't know what what we need to do, but I do think our messaging needs to be different on both sides, Republican and on the Democratic side. I think right now I, I'm just like, so fed up of both parties i'm just like i'm in the middle right now i'm like switzerland i'm independent until somebody decides to be a grown-up and figures this shit out because it seems like the democrats are just catering to us to get our vote and then once they're in they sort of forget about us i mean it took biden almost an hour into his speech before he even brought up the issue of race so it seems like you know they need us when it's sufficient for them, but then when it's time to, you know, put up or shut up, we're sort of an afterthought. So do you have anything to add before we move on? Well, I was going to say, like, racism is a divisive issue. That's why it's so hard to talk about. Every time it's brought up, people get divided, people get angry. And when people protest, you hear thoughts of another civil war. So I can see why politicians want to avoid it. But the more we avoid it, the worse it gets. You know, mm -hmm. it's that problem that if you don't address it now, it just gets worse. The other thing is that 
we tend to see racism in one way, police brutality. You ever notice that? Yeah. Like, we'll only see it in terms of police brutality. Yeah. And then Republicans will come out with these statistics and numbers, and they could be true. They'll say, well, you know, only a thousand people die per year by police brutality. And out of that thousand, you know, it's only three black men. So when you look at it that way, right, because there's 300 million people in this country, and if only three black men died at the hands of a police officer, it really sounds really small and insignificant. Right. But yeah, that's only if you're talking about it in terms of police brutality. But the thing is, racism happens in level. Mm-hmm. There's tears to it. Absolutely. Some of it is very blunt and open. Some of it is very subtle and discreet that you don't even notice it. And for a lot of us as black people, it's the subtle ones that, that have an effect as well. Yep. It's the subtle ones that happen on a daily, everyday basis. And we have to shrug it off. We have to ignore it. We have to pretend it's not a big deal. But those subtle moments of racism, they lead up to the blunt ones. Those microaggressions, you know. Those, microaggressions. Yep. Those, you know, don't don't be the angry black woman. Don't speak up. If you are going to speak up, don't say too much because you got you to gotta be grateful that you're even here, you know. Exactly. Those, those, those types of, of things. Like, to me, I'm not ever worried about getting shot by the police. That has never been a concern in my life, right? Even though I know it's a reality, I know by the numbers, it's not likely to happen to me. But I am more likely to be unemployed as a black man because we're the least employed, we're the highest in unemployment. I know education is an issue. Our neighbors are an issue. Like when we think of a, when we compare neighborhoods, right? White versus black, right? Which one do we think is safer? Which one do we think offers more opportunity? You know, when we think of black schools versus white schools, which one do we think is going to offer a better education? These are the levels of racism that are more of an issue, but they're never brought up by Fox News. These are the issues of racism that are more prevalent than police brutality. There are so many other ways that black people could suffer that ways that we do suffer because of racism, but it's harder to address. It's not as tangible. Like a police officer killing a black man, right? And when it's recorded, it's tangible evidence of racism that can be addressed. But when we're talking about unemployment, that's harder for us to put our hands on and harder for us to get the numbers and statistics and prove that unemployment is due to race. So they'll say it's because of laziness to neutralize the idea of racism. But that's all I'll say on that. The whole idea of the whole laziness thing, Mm -hmm. that bugs me so much because I know as a people, we work so hard to prove ourselves, right? We work twice as hard to prove ourselves. And then because we don't want to have this whole label of being, being lazy, having to work 10 times as hard just as the next person and then for our work to go either unnoticed or on unappreciated or we don't get that promotion or this and then in the back of their heads they're thinking oh well you know she didn't get this because she's lazy or he didn't get this because he's lazy or he didn't work and you're busting your butt and it's like like what do you have to do but it's like no matter how hard you work all they see is your skin color and you know what's really sad you know where i work at is so diverse And what I notice 
is or what I feel when I'm there is that when there's not much work to do, the white employees, they feel okay just sitting there not doing work, you know, mm-hmm. just coming together, being on the computer, chatting it up, being on their cell phones. And me as a, you know, black employee, I feel a certain way. Like, I feel like the moment I stop working, the moment I pull out my phone and my supervisor were to walk by, I feel like suddenly I'm that black employee that's lazy. Yep. And I feel like I can't stop working for more than five minutes. I have to find something to do or, or at least appear to be busy, even if there's no work to be done. Right. And I feel like that burden is always on us, on people of color, especially black people. Like we always have to seem as though we're doing something. Like whenever I get to work, I never want to be in a crowd of black people if they're just chilling. I'm always like, I'm only, I'm only there for a few minutes and I find something to do because I never want to be in that situation where our supervisor comes by and he sees us just standing there and suddenly it reinforces that stereotype that we don't do any work. Right. But then I'll see other groups of people, um, white employees doing the same. And I feel like it never occurs to them that they shouldn't be just sitting there for too long. It's like a given. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a built-in privilege. It's like, Oh, you know, like I can do this because they're not aware of it. Those are the things that they're not conscious about because they don't have to think about things like that. But we, as a, as a black people, we have to think about things like that. I even said something one time to one of the employees. I'm like, Hey man, you don't think you're not worried that they're going to catch on your cell phone. And he just says, I don't care. Mm, see, Like I, I never get that from the black employees where they could just say, you know, I get caught not doing work. I don't care. Cause you know how it's going to not, it's not just going to reflect on you. It's going to reflect on everybody. You know, they're going to judge everybody because of that one person. They're going to say, see, well, he's not doing or she's not doing what we're supposed to do. They're all like that. But, you know, one last thing on Tim Scott that just really, really got me upset was when he talked about police brutality changing over the last 20 years. It's not as bad as it used to be. And I'm like, do you remember what happened in the last 20, 30 years? We had Rodney King being beaten by the police. That was one of the first recordings mm-hmm. of police brutality. And they got That's away with it. That's what changed it. it. Yep. Right? And got away with it. You know, it was the acknowledgement of police brutality that has changed it over the last 20 years. Because it was people are now on seeing camera. it. Right. The, the, the right. technology is, was invented for people to actually physically see it because before it was, we don't see it, it doesn't exist. But when exactly. it's right in front of your eyes, you can't deny it anymore. And remember before that time when, when we didn't have the camera, when we could have recorded the news, the media, they could give whatever narrative and spin they wanted. They could edit the whatever clips they had. But now that the public has access to the cell phone and we can record, we could give you the unbiased footage. Yeah. Another thing he said that bothered me was that he brought up the pull yourself by your boot, bootstraps argument that if we just work hard if we just educate ourselves you know racism won't be an issue and again i'm tired of that argument that we have to be the ones to constantly jump that hurdle we should just work twice as hard to get half the recognition i'm like listen i am tired of you know having to work twice as hard as somebody else i shouldn't have to do that if i'm in a relationship with my girlfriend I shouldn't have to work twice as hard as her to maintain it. 
That makes no sense. That is unfair. That is not equality if I have to work twice as hard just so that my race is not an issue. So we need to stop that argument. I should not have to overwork myself to get the same recognition as another employee who's of equal intelligence as me. Or less sometimes. Because that happens yeah, or too. Less. My whole thing with that is how can you pull yourself by a bootstrap and you don't even have boots? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people out there who don't have boots. All right, we're moving on. Caitlyn Jenner. So she announced that, uh, because I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, she is running for governor of the good old state of California where I reside. So for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. who's happening, what's happening in California, our governor, current governor right now, uh, Gavin Newsom, he is going through a recall where you know a lot of our citizens here are not happy with the way he handled the pandemic. He was sort of the, at the beginning, he was sort of like, you know, the hero and, and, you know, very sort of go getter, go getter and trying to control the pandemic, you know, to control the virus and all that stuff. And he was seen as a, you know, a champion of it. And then slowly but surely people didn't like his policy anymore. They felt it was too uh, stringent, especially on small business owners who felt like, you know, the whole, lockdown was just way too harsh compared to other states and then i think what sort of nailed it is when he told everyone to stay home and not go anywhere and be on lockdown but yet he went to the very exclusive restaurant i believe it's called french laundry up in san francisco uh with a bunch of people a bunch of friends and nobody was wearing masks nobody was social distancing And so he's getting recalled right now. And so Caitlin decided that she wanted to throw her hat in the race. My question to you is, is she qualified for this? California is a very liberal state. Do you think that they will welcome someone like her? And why do these reality show people all of a sudden think because Trump did it, now they can do it? Help us understand this. That to me, I don't know why that didn't even like throw me off. Because I feel like celebrities are now just doing that all the time. So when I first heard about Caitlyn Jenner running, wanting to run for governor of California, I'm like, oh, this is now normal. This is a thing. <laughs> celebrities do this. So it wasn't even like something that even registered would be like that in the big deal. I'd even think in terms of whether she should do it. I was like, well, it seems like she can if she qualifies, you know, based on the laws of this country, you have to be of a certain age and et cetera. You know, if she qualifies, let her run, you know. What you mean qualified based on the laws, not experience. So we don't need experience anymore in this country to run. Like, I mean, look what happened with the last guy. So are we just throwing experience out the window? You shouldn't. But in the last, since Trump, he set the precedent that you don't really need experience. And I think that's what people are just used to. It doesn't even register with us anymore mm-hmm. when, you know, just about anyone, according to the laws you qualify, no one's going to blink an eye anymore. Right. But is she qualified? No. Like, as a reality star, if you, if you were to ask people, should reality stars, reality stars be a part of government? You know, if you asked this 10 years ago, people would have said, no, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. If you asked me 10 years ago, I'd be like, no, that's crazy. This person's a reality star. What do they know about politics? What do they know What do they know about the everyday person and their struggle? This is a reason for them to be in front of the camera again. That's all it is. And if I were to ask myself 10 years ago that question, I would say the same thing. This, this person just wants to be in front of the camera. They don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just going to make a mess of things. 
California is so, a big state. California is one of the biggest, uh, has one of the biggest economies in the world. So it, you can't yeah. just be running, you know, like it's not one of those states where you could be like, oh, I could totally do this. You know, like it's not one of those smaller states. California is a huge, like it's a, it could be a country in itself. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you need somebody. Then they threatened to? Yeah, yeah, at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they, they wanted to be their own country. But I don't think she's qualified. She's inconsistent, number one. She's a Trump supporter, number two. That's not going to fly here. And then her whole stance on the, you know, the LGBTQ community, which I'm very surprised at what she said because she sort of flip-flopped. At first she said, you know, she was okay with, you know, trans women and girls playing in girls and women's sports. But now she changed her tune and says she doesn't think it's fair, that it's not fair because she used to be an Olympian when before the transition. So I think that's what that's where she's basing it off of. I mean, the whole thing is just a mess. I'm just like, just go sit down, go enjoy your money, go on Fox News and, and say whatever you want. Like, why are you trying to run for governor? Her own family doesn't think she, she, she should do it. Her own family is against her in this case. People just need to go sit down. They're not Trump. The other uh, side of what I've, I was hearing was, well, if Arnold Schwarzenegger could do it. I'm like, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger married into the Kennedy family. So there's that. Caitlin, Caitlin doesn't have a political juggernaut behind her. You know, we have heard that she hired a whole bunch of Trump people. So all of the people that worked on Trump's campaign, I believe she's hired a majority of them to help her with her campaign right now. I don't think she's going to win. Do you think she's going to win? Do you think she has a shot? I think so. I think the thing is we live in such a time where we have so many things on social media and TikTok. You know, people now relate to the reality stars. They feel like they're reality stars. Like but when is Arnold she even a big enough reality star? I would say her family is, and that. But he's not a Kardashian. Can, it could add up. It could add up if they if they get if enough they support attention. Her, and, if they support her, it, you it, think? definitely, definitely, if they support her, is going to to help. And the thing is, we're, we're living in a time, crazy time where the, the unexpected happens now. Right. This kind of stuff, like, again, 10 years ago, 15, you would never imagine it. But now, you know, the unexpected happens. The underdog, you know, comes out on top. So I can't even say no. This, is, this would never happen. I, could, I can't say that. What do you think about her sort of political flip-flopping on this? Because I do, I do think it's interesting that a trans person is not supporting this whole sports thing because as – we did a topic on this. If you guys have not checked it out, make sure you check check it out. We did we did this uh, exact topic about you know should transgender girls and women be allowed to play in girls and women's sports. So make sure you ch you check it out. It's one of our episodes there. Uh, now a lot of the a lot of the states are sort of cracking down on this and they're banning transgender people from playing in girls sports. Like, what do you what do you think about about somebody from the LGBTQ kind of coming out and, and having a stance against this? It, it's just sort of surprising to me. Do you do you have any thoughts thing, on it at all? Well, the thing is, it kind of just, you know, she is saying what a lot of people are saying. But because she's a trans woman to say it, that's the biggest blow to the argument that men and women in terms of sports are equal. Right. 
and it hurts because she everything used to be that, an Olympian. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know, because this is it's like it's coming from the horse's mouth. Because if anyone else were to say it, it would seem like they're discriminating, they're hating, they don't like trans people. But when the trans person says it, suddenly it's credible. That's why what she said does the most damage. It hurts everything that trans people have fought for, wanting to be seen as the same and equal. And again, this could transition to, you know, how men and women are viewed in terms of sports and playing together. You know, it could hurt things that women have fought for because now the question is, you know, should you play? Do you deserve to play? So what Caitlyn Jenner said can unravel a lot of things that people have been protesting and fighting for and that's why it's going to be a big deal and very quickly uh what are your thoughts on these laws that are popping up everywhere or do you think they're fair are you indifferent like what what do you do you think they're sort of uh going too far and infringing on trans rights so the laws banning trans trans uh, women from playing in girl sports yes yes I think it's about six so, states that have done it right now and a couple more are trying to follow suit. So like I was saying uh, in our last podcast addressing this, I said instead of dividing people by gender, divide them by skill or talent. You know, again, if you're an athlete and you're able to run this amount of speed and this amount of time, you go on this team. If you do under the speed and under this time, you go on the other team, regardless of gender, it's going to be about your performance. The same way with grades, you know, like pass, fail kind of thing, right? You get above a certain grade, we'll put you in this class. You get below a certain grade, we'll put you in that class. It won't be based on gender, race, anything biological. Mm-hmm. It'll simply be based on you know, how you perform on that test. And this way, you, you reduce the chances of a person feeling discriminated. I think that's the best course of action where people are likely, they're less likely to be offended. But in today's day and age, the truth is people find something to be offended by. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. could try your best to please everybody and still somebody is going to be upset. Right. It'll never be perfect. All right. To hear more on what we have to say about it, you can definitely check out that episode. It's somewhere in our in our archives. You know, check it out and and let us know. And we're still trying to get someone in the LGBTQ community to come. I tried to get somebody who is a high school friend of mine, um, but unfortunately, it did not work out. But I'm still trying to find somebody, and hopefully. Soon we can get more education and learn more and see, just kind of learn, learn from it and get their perspective on it because that's what we're here for. All right. Um, we are going to wrap up. Thank you guys. Unless you have anything else to add before we go. Oh no, I'm finished. All right. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. Um, make sure you check us out on wherever you get your podcast. All our past episodes are there. Make sure you check it out if you have not had a chance to listen. You can also find us on social media at so- uh, Foreign Lady Podcast and also on our website, foreignladymedia.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye now. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.